The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whoever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or ill, or in prison, and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. So this morning we celebrate uh, the close of the liturgical year. So every year in the, in the church, you run through this liturgical cycle and the final Sunday in the liturgical year is the solemnity of Jesus Christ, King of the universe. Now in the church, there's solemnities, which are the highest levels. Then there are feasts. Then there are memorials, then there's optional memorials that the celebrant can choose to do or not to do. Solemnities are the highest. Easter is a solemnity. Christmas is a solemnity, right? This is a solemnity today, it's the highest. And so the question could be, well, well why? Well, the church, for hundreds and hundreds of years, the church has celebrated this solemnity, solemnity in a way to point to the when, the when, and not the if. The when, and not the if. So I have a question. When we think of the church and its history, it's kind of curious if anybody here may know who 
Pope Honorius is. Pope Honorius. Okay, we got a couple heads going. Don't know what you're talking about, Father. How about Pope Honorius III? Anybody know where, when he lived? No hands, no hands. We got some church historians here, but no hands. Okay, how about uh, St. Francis of Azizi? Can I get some head nods on that? Okay, okay, we got some head nods on that. Okay, so St. Francis of Azizi lived 800 years ago. Okay, he died October 3rd, 1226, which was really actually uh, 797 years ago, maybe in a month or a little more than a month. Okay, almost 800 years. Pope Honorius III died five months after St. Francis of Azizi, March of 1227. Why am I mentioning this? Because this image that you see up here is an image, it's a mosaic, and we can get the, the, the one without uh, solemnity, please. The mosaic. Like last night, Ben, please. <laughs> Trying to find it. So as you see here, this is a mosaic in St. Paul's outside the wall in Rome. In Rome, Italy, okay? It doesn't do justice up here. The size of it, the immensity of it. It would probably cover the entire back wall we have here. Massive, up in the cupola, looking down. It was Pope Honorius III who commissioned this mosaic, this work. And it's amazing, he lived 800 years ago, he was a pope, and he commissioned a great work that's still available today and not many people know him. How do we know that Pope Honorius III commissioned this? Because it was very common to put in the art the person who commissioned the work of art. So you'll see at the foot of Jesus, Pope Honorius. See him? He's in the white. And you can tell because he's got his, his uh, pallium, which the, all the cardinals get and the popes get, and it's made of, of lamb, wool, and it's got the cross and it's got the pins. And it's, so that's Pope Honorius at the feet of Jesus. Jesus Christ, king of the universe. Now we know of St. Francis of Azizi, that St. Francis of Azizi lived in his time, and we know him we know him and we've known him, the church, for the past 800 years, not because he loves animals, okay? Not because he loves animals, but because when he got the call from our Lord in the time of Pope Honorius III, in which the church was living in a certain degree of decadence, a certain degree of Pope Honorius was a great administrator, but it had a lot of wealth, a lot of stuff going on, but St. Francis got the call to rebuild my church. Jesus said, rebuild my church. Rebuild it. Rebuild it with what? Rebuild it with living stones. Francis got that call in Azizi and he went down to the small church down there in Azizi and he started building it brick by brick by brick by brick. And he thought that's what he meant, the little chapel outside Azizi. But the call came stronger and stronger. No, you, Francis, you rebuild my church. There he was in a small town in Azizi. He wasn't a pope. 
He wasn't a great religious leader. Matter of fact, he gave away everything in order to do what? To share the faith. The question, my brothers, sisters in Christ, for us this day, it is our time. It's 800 years later. We can look to Pope Honorius. We can pray for Pope Honorius. He's not named a saint. Pope Francis, Saint Francis is a saint, okay? So we ask him for our prayers. We pray that Pope Honorius III is a saint and among the saints, but we pray for him. That was 800 years ago. It's our time. And the question comes to you and me that Jesus had in the beginning of the gospel. And he says in the parable of the persistent widow, Luke 18, verse one, pray always and never lose heart, he says. And he closes that parable with the following saying, when the son of man comes, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? In the gospel day, Jesus said, he's telling the story when he's coming, not if he's coming, he's coming. And the first Christians lived with that belief that he was coming. And that animated their life. That moved to Francis to do what he did. You know, there's a sophism about Francis. And the sophism is something that's kind of like plagued the church and given the church reasons in a way not to proclaim the gospel. And that sophism is, St. Francis once say, said, preach the gospel always and when necessary, use words. From what I heard from some good Franciscans, he never said that. If St. Francis just went around and he was a good doer, doing good, and he never proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ, he never tried to move people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, everything that he did, all the good that he did, all the people he served, if he didn't try to draw them into a relationship with Jesus Christ, I don't think he would be remembered like he is today. When the Son of a Man comes, will he find faith on this earth? We know of two people who lived in our lifetime who modeled that. One of them, an amazing woman, St. Teresa Calcutta. St. Teresa Calcutta was amazing. We can take a look at the gospel and say she did it all. She fed the poorest of the poor. She held in her arms those dying to go to see Jesus. But she would say to them, and she's known to have said to them, do you want the ticket that you can give the angel? And they would say, what is that? Baptism. You wanna be baptized? She would also say, do you want to see Jesus? And they would say, I don't know who this Jesus is, but if he looks anything like you, yes. St. Teresa of Calcutta and her sisters, even to this very day, they serve the poorest of the poor, but they serve Jesus Christ in those poor, and they desire to draw them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. We have missionaries of charity in this city. Have you met them? Have you gone to their home and seen how they work? How they care for battered women and keep them in their house above their chapel? How they invite them to come to Mass with them, even if they're not even Catholic? You don't have to be Catholic to come to Mass. We're blessed every Sunday with countless parishioners or people who come in here that, yeah, they're not Catholic, they're checking us out. 
they're checking us out. They're seeing, are they really believers? Do they really believe? They're checking us out. Mother Teresa Calcutta was an example of a living act of illuminous faith when she served the poor. How about St. John Paul II? I was in prison and you visited me. He was shot and he went to prison to visit somebody that was not a Christian, that was of another faith. And why did he go to prison? Just to do good? Let me be a good doer and go to prison because Jesus said go to, no, he went there to forgive the man, to be a person of Jesus Christ to the man, to see Jesus in that prison and to say, I forgive you, you tried to kill me. He's a saint. Saint John Paul II is a saint and he lived in our lifetime. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on this earth? Saint Teresa Calcutta has gone to her eternal reward. Saint John Paul II has gone to his eternal reward. Pope Honorius III has gone to his eternal reward. Saint Francis of Assisi has gone to his eternal reward. All of us, my brothers and sisters of Christ, at one moment in time, we will be at the feet of Jesus. We will be before our Lord. When we pass from this life, there's a particular judgment causes me to shake, causes me to kind of, am I doing enough, Lord? Am I doing enough? Where am I holding back in my, in my priesthood? You've called me. Am I putting that gift under a bushel basket? Am I letting that light shine? You know what, when I really think about my own priesthood, I'm not gonna change a single person in this world. I'm not. I'm not. I have a hard enough time changing my own heart. Richard Sutter's heart. My parents are watching online and they're probably nodding their heads. Yep, he's got a long way to go, along with my siblings. I'm not talking at you, I'm walking with you. But if we really strive to change our heart and be men and women of faith, boys and girls of faith, the Holy Spirit will work through us and do his work and build up his church. Build up his church. Will there be faith when the Son of Man comes? I pray that there's faith when he comes for me, maybe for my particular judgment, maybe at the end of time. I pray that his words will be to me and to all of you as it was last week. Come, share the master's joy. I was hungry and you led me to mass to receive the Eucharistic food. I was naked and you clothed me with baptism, new life in Christ. I was in prison and you met me and you forgave me and you unlocked those chains with that call of forgiveness that you offered to me. I was thirsty. Just as I was thirsty from the cross and I cried out, I thirst. And they put something up to me and drink and I didn't drink it because I thirsted for you. Jesus Christ thirsts for souls. Ezekiel, the first reading, he said, I will give the, I will be the shepherd and I will go after the lost and I will find them. I will seek them out and I will heal them. I will bring them into my fold. How many people are in this city, my brothers and sisters in Christ? How many are out there in our neighborhoods, in our places of work, in our schools, independent of our age, who are longing, longing to be loved, longing for a relationship that will last forever. 
longing for a king that will be king of their heart. In a moment, we're gonna pray, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. That kingdom, my brothers and sisters in Christ, has to come first and foremost to the heart of each one of us. And where the kingdom of Christ reigns, sin cannot reign. Where the kingdom of Christ reigns, hate cannot remain. Where the kingdom of Christ reigns, all that Jesus loves has to, has to remain. My brothers and sisters in Christ, it's our time. We can't point the finger at anybody else. It is our time. The faith has been passed on to us. The faith has been passed on to us. I pray that 800 years from now, 800 years from now, this church will have busted out and we will have had to build 20 other churches. This diocese will have busted out. We'll have to, we'll have to build even more churches. What's gonna help our times is the faith, is real authentic faith, loving as Christ loved, forgiving as Christ forgave, feeding as Christ wants us to feed. He said, the poor you will always have with you. But the poor can be made rich when they're given the ultimate gift of faith. That's how we make the poor rich. And if we're honest, we're all poor. We're all poor. And we need the richness of Christ's kingdom in our heart. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? 